Welcome to the Swisspreneur Show, a podcast about startup stories and hands-on learnings from experienced entrepreneurs. My name is Sylvan, and I will be your host. Today, we're back in Zurich and visit David Bloch, CEO and co-founder of the legal tech startup Legartis. The startup offers a software as a service solution that enables companies to identify, classify, and understand their contracts within seconds. Their technology makes legal document analysis and management more convenient and also efficient. Before founding Legartis, David co-founded Voraus, the Swiss-based think tank on foreign policy. We meet David in the Legartis office on May 1st, a public holiday in Zurich, and therefore with much more quiet than usual. Before we get started with the episode, I would like to introduce you to SBB Startup. If you think that your company is a good fit for the Swiss Railways, get in touch with them or learn more about their startup programs at sbbstartup.com. David, a very warm welcome to the Swiss Printer Show. It's a pleasure to have you here today. Thanks for having me. Today, we're going to talk about your startup, Legartis. Uh, you worked as a lawyer and research in the legal area before you actually founded your own company. Why did you decide to leave the corporate career path and actually start your own startup? Well, for two reasons. Firstly, I saw with Legal Tech the opportunity to combine my interest in innovation and entrepreneurship with my legal background. And secondly, I saw the opportunity with AI to actually get rid of repetitive work. So I saw that there was an ability, a possibility in coming from technology to make my life and every lawyer's or legal professional's life a lot easier. So it was sort of also inspired by a personal experience and personal problem that, definitely, you, that you had. Definitely, definitely. Cool. So you offer contract intelligence solutions uh, with Legartis. What problem do you actually solve for your clients? So. Professionals, when handling contracts, they spend about 40% of their time with repetitive, tedious work. And that's just not ideal. So our solution, by using artificial intelligence, actually analyzes automatically contracts and shows me, based on playbook, so company policies, the deviation between that playbook and the text and so shows me automatically what's missing, what's problematic, or what's unusual in a contract. And we currently work with companies like Daimler, BKW, Mobiliar, or Zeta Friedrichshafen. Perfect. And I can imagine that this is a very also high-tech solution. So how did you go about solving the, the technical part? So in the very beginning, we were two lawyers, Mark and myself, two lawyers who wanted to build up a tech company. I would say it would have been pretty difficult if we just would have done it ourselves. So we started looking for our founders team. We met Michael and Don. Michael, our CTO, a software engineer, and Don, a computational linguist. And with the two, we then uh, founded Legartis. And so our solution is using uh, machine learning as well as natural language understanding. And that's where Don comes in. So it's in the end, our machine analyzes by using machine learning and natural language understanding, analyzes a document on multiple levels. First on a document level where it identifies the document type, 
Um, secondly, on a sentence level where it um, classifies every single sentence based on its legal meaning. And then thirdly, within the sentence, key data points. And based on that, that it knows where what information lies, it can actually help the users tremendously. Awesome. And how do you actually meet the other like founders? Because that's also a, a very interesting story to tackle, to understand where the founders come from, where they met. Could you tell us a bit more about that? Of course, happy to do so. So Mark, I knew already um, through my family uh, for a couple of years. And uh, by, by coincidence, we actually learned from each other that we were interested looking into the legal tech market. Michael, I knew from my studies, we were both part of a student organization which uh, was dealing with Erasmus students all over Europe. And Don, I really met by through asking people. So by that time, I was just using my network, which was already quite big through my experience and my time at Foraus. And by, through that, I, I asked around, met new people, and they referred me in the end to Don. And when I met Don, I really, I, I got to say in the first meeting, I knew, okay, this is going to work. What made that impression? Because that's super hard to, to say, I could imagine. He was the first one actually being able to explain me a really difficult topic, a very complex technology mm -hmm. in a very easy way. So that even I, as a lawyer, wouldn't understand it. <laughs> That's a good uh, criteria to find the right co-founder, I guess. The thing is, uh, we knew from the beginning that we needed to build bridges between two worlds. On one hand, um, the legal world, and on the other hand, the technical world. And so we knew from the beginning that we were speaking different languages. And so it was tremendously important that we, as the founders team, would quickly start to understand each other. And so, yes, it was very important for me to see that this was working with Don from the beginning. Absolutely. At what point did you actually bring in Don as a co-founder, you know, with also this stronger technical focus? Was that from the beginning or did you already have some first clients and you did some manual work before you actually saw, okay, now we need to develop a technical solution out there? So we, we had the idea sometime in winter 2016, 2017. And before even getting started, we really wanted to have the founders team. So we looked around for about four months, talked to plenty of people, a lot of stakeholders. By doing that as well, we learned a lot about our idea, about our potential product, about the market. And after about four months, we organized a co-creation workshop over two days where a couple of people participated. And after the two days, we, we had our founders team. And from that, then we, uh, we decided, okay, we want to build a prototype. We want to show that we actually can solve the problem. We were able to uh, come up with a solution. Uh, we had that after about two, three months. And from that, we then started talking to customers and yeah, and incorporating the company and so on. And as you all know, running a startup is also a roller coaster ride. So I was wondering what were some of the biggest challenges that you faced in the story of Legartis so far and how do you actually overcome them? So that really depends on when, at what point in time. So in the beginning, it was definitely finding the right founders team. After that, uh, it was convincing first customers actually giving us their contracts because that was in the beginning, everybody told us you nobody's going to give you their contracts. Well, we proved them wrong. Is that, that also like a trust issue that you have there? Or what was like, why didn't they want to give you their contract? Well, 
it was actually surprisingly quite easy that the companies actually gave us their contracts. I think that was due to, first of all, personal network. Secondly, the, the stakeholders that were already part of Legartis. So Mark, definitely with his background, he's the former general counsel for the international business at eBay and Groupon. So that's a lot of reliability and, and trust, or that's a lot of trust. And moreover, we, for example, had Kari Mizar on the board of directors from the beginning. So that's, again, a lot of trust. And for that, I think that was the reason why companies in the beginning, our first customers, gave us their contracts. And on top, I think we had we had a pretty clear idea what we wanted to do. We showed them, hey, that's what we want to do. We need your feedback. We, we definitely need your help. There's going to be interaction. But in the end, you can trust us. And it has worked out. So that was definitely that. And then... Later on, I would say it was definitely, the, for me, the first financing round. I, I had never raised money in that way, although I, ha I had the experience from Feroz, but that's a think tank and an NGO, so definitely not the same thing. And so raising money, that was totally new for me. But again, I think it's a combination of having a good team, a good product, a good idea, and building trust again. So that. And it was quite fun actually raising my, my first round that was in spring 18. And since then, I would say it's the combination of two things. On one hand, it's definitely convincing more customers. Lawyers in general are skeptical and definitely hesitant to use new technologies. And for that, it's every sales meeting is bring something new. But I think with having a good team, trusted customers, so good brands, as well as a good functioning product, that definitely helps in convincing them. Absolutely. Can you also talk a bit more about how you actually do sales? Do you have to meet them in person or do you also like have a remote sales process? Do you have a, a dedicated sales team just like selling your product? How do you go about that? Because that's also a very important part of the business. Awesome question. So until the end of January this year, uh, we were really doing passive sales. So and the only one who's, who was doing sales was me. And I did that besides everything else. So what we did, classical direct sales meetings, that's definitely one thing. We attracted new customers by going to a couple of events or to do uh, by doing some social media. But that changed now. Um, so from starting the beginning of February, we hired Yasin Benya, our new chief sales officer. And with him, we now uh, build up processes. We have a sales funnel and we're targeting really the customers where we, you know, where we believe that they need our solution. And what was like a certain trigger point? I don't know, like in terms of revenue or something where he said, okay, now it's time that we actually hire a chief sales officer, for example. I would say it was bringing our first product to market. So we launched our first product, the NDA checker, which analyzes NDAs automatically and shows a user automatically what's missing, problematic or unusual in an NDA. We brought that to market in November 2019. And so after two, three months, having that on the market, seeing that it works, there, it, there is a demand. And on top, having a full sales funnel and um, so we had all the addresses. We didn't have 
concrete processes and a dedicated person who was doing only sales 100%. That was basically the reason why we started looking around and I knew Yasin from before. He approached me and we started talking and uh, in the end, yeah, we, we hired him and we're really happy to have him on board. Another challenge that I could imagine, uh, please tell me if I'm wrong, but it's clear the, the benefit that you save the lawyer's time, right? By uh, reducing their uh, manual work. But at the same time, you're also changing the way that they work. And I can imagine that this can be a pretty big challenge if something has always been done that way and then changing that to a certain degree and using a new tool, for example. How do you go about that and actually, you know, also make sure that the lawyers you start using your product, your solution, and sort of change the way that they used to work before to a certain degree? I think one thing that really helps is that we have lawyers as well as developers in the team and on top, excellent UX designers. And so that combination definitely helped in designing and developing a solution that would be accepted by our users. Mm-hmm. You pointed out, right, that any new solution can bring a change in how you did things in the past. That's where we try to work very closely with our customers when developing a new feature, just in order to have that change done right. So in other words, to give you an example, we were bringing now our solution into, for example, into Microsoft Word. So we're developing currently a Word add-in that allows to do the whole automated review right away in Word, and then you can edit the document after you've received the review right away in Microsoft Word. And therefore you get like really integrating the common work process and that's where you want to be, right? Yes. Makes sense. Got it. So thinking also back about maybe in the beginning, as you already mentioned, you know, you had your first investors, Kari Maisar is a board member. You know, there are different supporters of a startup that help it launch and succeed along the way. Who would you say besides these two that you already mentioned were the strongest supporters of you that really made it possible that you stand here where you are today? So I would say we were definitely lucky with getting Thomas Bubendorfer as our lead investor in the seed round to get him on board. He has joined the board of directors since then, and he's been part of that board of directors ever since. So he has definitely been a huge help. Besides him, it was a definitely attracting partners, partners like Kellerhaus Garar or in Germany, CMS Hoschesiegler, the largest law firm in Germany, where we're partnering up currently for the product development, for the development of a product. And besides that, yeah, attracting more good investors. So we have investors on board that are well known in the, in the Swiss network, as well as in the Dutch region itself. So, and moreover, we joined very early on CTI InnoSwiss network. So on one hand, we have a collaboration with Tetaobe, where we have a CTI project where we're working on research, developing, for example, a language agnostic model in order to train the machine. And on the other hand, we're part of the InnoSwiss coaching. And that, again, brings a large network to, to the table. Absolutely. On the other hand, sometimes startups also face opponents, like competitors, for example. Is there any thing or anybody that you can mention there that actually was a challenge or an opponent of 
Ligartis. Well, we do have competition and we're really happy to have them because that keeps us on our feet. We know that we are in certain aspects definitely better than them. Uh, so we definitely outperform them when it comes to multilingual or when it comes to actually delivering out of the box pre-chain solution. Right. So that delivers high quality from day one. Mm -hmm. On top, I would definitely mention attracting talents. That hasn't been an opponent, but definitely a challenge. Although we already are a large team, I would highlight that attracting talents is, is always a challenge. And if there's anybody out there who feels attracted and wants to join Leg Artist, please let me know. Absolutely. Good sales pitch. Can you maybe also tell us a bit more? I mean, now you have, already do have a certain size, so you had to find some talent, right? Yes. How do you make that happen? How do you make sure that you find the right people and where do you find them? Again, two things, one personal network and the other, the internet. So we, we have, like every other company, we're advertising our um, open positions. How do we attract them? I think we're showing what do we stand for. So company values, we have a vision where we want to go. And we show them that we actually are offering a good environment where they can work on something that is interesting, is definitely challenging, but there is a social aspect to it as well. So we're really trying to take care of our team. We, we do things, even now during Corona, we were organizing, for example, yoga sessions or sports sessions. <laughs> also along the search or the selection process, was there like any trick or hack that you discovered that tremendously helped you along the process? So I definitely would say it's a combination between doing exercises and having a very casual conversation. With the exercise, you can find out a lot about their abilities, solving problems and how they handle um, certain tasks. In a casual conversation, you can find out a little bit more how people act and how they behave. And you can find out if they're actually part of into it or not. One thing I really learned is, or one question I regularly ask is, what book do you read? And that tells me a lot about what kind of person is opposite of myself. So you were recently also awarded as early stage startup of the year at the Swiss FinTech Awards. Where do you actually stand today with like Artis and what success factors? I, I know that we already covered some of them actually brought you here because that's quite a, a great award to receive. So where do we stand today? We have an amazing team, 27 people with offices in Zurich and Lisbon. We have our first product on the market. The second one is in the pipeline. We are working with a number of companies headquartered in Switzerland, as well as in Germany and Austria and we have a full pipeline that's where we stand we definitely our goal is to to grow in terms of the number of customers we definitely want to get a little bit closer to our goal in empowering every professional out there and whenever they're handling contracts when it comes to the success factors i would really say it's it's the team it's the product and it's an amazing supporting network yeah i'm, I'm really grateful for what we've achieved over the past three years, but I'm very much looking forward to what's going to come. Uh, also, what, what role does the Lisbon office play in that part? I remember back in, in my own startup, we also had like Zurich and Lisbon, and uh, Lisbon we did the whole technical development. What do you do in Lisbon and why did you choose Lisbon as a second office? So in Lisbon, we have part of our development team. And the reason why going there, um, two points. Firstly, a large ecosystem of talents. 
And secondly, it's the traveling distance. So there are multiple flights per day to Lisbon. It's a great place to work and to live. And so it's definitely um, attractive, not only for the people who work there, but as well for our people to go there. Um, because we really want to make sure that it's not just a second team, but it's actually one team just in two offices. Got it. So we might see more trips of you to Lisbon, especially in summer. <laughs> yes. Well, it all depends. Of course. Just kidding. So that was cool. Um, what we have still in store for you are some rapid fire questions before we conclude with the episodes. Basically, I give you a choice and you quickly make, uh, you select one of the two choices that I give you and maybe you have time to explain that in like one or two sentences. Okay. Are you ready? Yes. So humans or robots? Definitely the combination. It's humans supported by robots. That makes sense. Forgiveness or permission? Forgiveness. I would say it's easier um, to ask for forgiveness than for permission. Absolutely. Focus on one project or deliver value to several at the same time? I believe focus is important. Definitely one, focus on one project. Nevertheless, get inspiration from different sides. Absolutely. Maybe how do you balance that with Legartis and also Foraus? So Foraus today is a hobby. I spend parts of my free time at Foraus. I definitely get inspiration from there. It's, it's an amazing network today all over Europe. And still being part of their board is, is on one hand definitely an honor. And secondly, I share a lot of friendships there. So that's it's it. also meeting friends, basically. Awesome. Wealth or happiness? Happiness. Why? Because, yeah, money can definitely buy you a lot of things. But if you're not happy in what you're doing, I, I don't think... What's the point, right? Yes, exactly. Absolutely. Small teams, like 10 people, or big teams, like 100 plus people? At the moment, uh, smaller teams. Hopefully in the future, bigger teams. Awesome. Strategy or execution? Today, a lot more strategy. And I think I'm good at that. But there is always, in a startup, execution. It really depends on the task. Awesome. These were all our questions. Thank you so much for taking the time, David. We wish you all the best and lots of success. And thanks again for taking the time. Thank you very much for, for taking the time. It was really nice speaking to you. Thank you very much for listening to today's episode. If you enjoyed the content, we would be thrilled to receive your rating on Apple Podcasts. That way you not only support Swisspreneur, but also help other entrepreneurs discovering the show and finding more valuable information on how to run their businesses. Next week, we will already be back with an all new episode of the Swisspreneur show. So we hope to see you again then for a new episode.